0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of um, We Should Have Recorded That. We Can Officially Call It That Now.
1: WSRT WASERT.
0: All right.
1: I mean, really, that acronym has some ring to it, don't you think? WASERT. Yeah, WASERT. Pretty soon there will be t shirts, coffee mugs, all kinds of merch.
0: Yeah. That sound that sounds great. I mean, I'm I'm not against us making money, you know.
1: Oh, but wait. First of all, who are you?
0: I am Phil Woodard. And who are you?
1: And I'm Adam Potter. And this <laughs> is we should have recorded that.
0: Yes. Yes. So we're glad for you to be with us and that is our official name. Uh thank you all for those who helped us um decide that. And yeah, let me, so we, as we talked about in our last episode, um, it was suggested that we have kind of a, people give the, have people, So let me get, gather myself. We That's give people right. the.
1: <laughs> Phil, we're always at our best when we are gathered.
0: Yes, we are. We are. Yes. So, so, so true. So someone, one of our listeners suggested the ability to um, interact as they listen. And um, mm. one of the ways we're we're looking exploring is by doing that is through the uh, uh, a YouTube channel. And so, at this point, hopefully, you are actually able to see us and live commenting um, as you're listening. So, yeah, let us know how how that works. It's a 40.
1: brave new world into yeah. which we venture. Yes. And. I, want, I feel the need for full transparency here, Phil. Mm-hmm. Because if anyone is watching this uh, episode on YouTube and they notice that our clothes have not changed, <laughs> it is not because we wore the same t-shirt for a week. It yes. is because I am going on vacation. And mm-hmm. so this episode is being recorded on the same day as episode four now i have a vague suspicion that all podcasts do this so that they can retain their release schedule but i just don't want to be slimy about it i want (laughs) our audience to know that although this episode will be released on the 4th of july
0: oh wow okay uh
1: uh-huh that we are recording it on the twenty third of June mm-hmm. so um, now that we now that we've said that, I feel a weight has been lifted off my chest.
0: well, I'm really glad
1: I also want to apologize if there's any extra noise in my in my recording because. I am in the only room in my house that has air conditioning. I have one air conditioner. It's a window <laughs> unit in my dining room. And I cannot bring myself on this very hot, humid day to go to a non-air conditioned room. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, just enjoy the buzz in the background.
0: Um, yeah. That's the beauty of Rochester though, right? I mean, you, you buy an old home and it doesn't have AC. It doesn't but, have this- Of course,
1: I mean, I only need it for like two weeks out of the whole year. So, Uh, do you not? You want to hear the story about this air conditioner?
0: Go yes, go ahead.
1: Now, do you think our audience wants to hear the story about this air conditioner?
0: I'm sure they would. There. I mean, now that I've mentioned it, they're waiting with (laughs) bated breath.
1: (laughs) Um. So, I have never had an air conditioner before. Not even a window unit. Um. And this is my third summer in Rochester. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I just always thought, well, like I don't need to spend the money on the electricity. I definitely don't want to spend the money on the unit itself. Um, and it really was mostly about the, the money, but Mm -hmm. you know, I could claim to my, my more environmentally conscious friends that it was because I was trying to save the planet. Um, Uh and, uh, I realized this summer that the reason it was doable not to have an air conditioner in the past is because there was not a global pandemic happening. Um, And so like, I could take my laptop to Starbucks and work in the air conditioning (laughs) when it got really hot out. Uh I was frequently traveling in the summer. In my air-conditioned car or Uh at some air-conditioned hotel. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is my first summer actually being stuck in my house. Right. And so uh, this is the summer that I broke down. And when I heard that a friend from church was installing central AC in his house and giving away his window units... I was like, I'll take one of those. <laughs> and so now, Miss or Mr. I don't want to assign a gender. Frigidaire is humming away in the background of our podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, great. I mean, it sounds like, you know, another incentive was that it was free. You didn't have to pay oh, for
1: absolutely. It. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I'm very stubborn when it comes to my budget. Like, uh-huh. you know. There are some silly things that I spend money on without even thinking about until I realize when I'm paying my credit card bill, like, oh, that was dumb. Uh, uh-huh. But for some reason, air conditioners don't make the list. Well, I, yeah. It needed to be free.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and, the, and the added fact that you cannot, you're in your home for more time than you would have been. Yes. Usually. My dog
1: yeah. B is very grateful.
0: I'm sure she is.
1: What random factoid can you tell us about your home, Phil? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to deprive our audience of of your completely irrelevant detail.
0: Um, a random fact about my home. So, I don't well, yeah, that that's not as random because I think a lot of a lot of people right now are using their spare bedrooms to um as an office and this Mm. was a classroom for me during you know during this then the end of the school year so that's not as random what is a random fact um so i guess maybe i could say when we moved in and i i'm I'm very thankful for the our property owner but Mm -hmm. when we moved in um, the closet in our master bedroom. Those racks would not stay on the wall. Oh, and that's actually, not good. It's not good. My 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 grandmother-in-law. She was helping us unpack. Well, helping my wife mainly unpack, and uh, she was putting up clothes, and the rack fell oh. on her. Oh my word! Yeah. No, she was. I remember fine.
1: meeting your grandmother-in-law. She yes, only she's speaks a very Creole, right? Writing. Yeah. She yes. is a small lady. Yes. And she doesn't speak English
0: and she does not speak english she does so not speak so she
1: english. was crying for help in that closet and you didn't even understand
0: i exactly exactly but oh, i heaven. i don't even think i was here i think she may have been here by herself which <gasps> was even yes was even crazier i was oh, no nobody was here um uh, but she was okay i mean she she was okay there i don't think there was a lot of clothes on the rack right. but anyway okay um so it happened again uh we had we Mm -hmm. had someone come repair it and if and and this time it came down as Wendy was putting clothes on it and so i had to go i decided that okay i'm just gonna handle it yeah and um so i you know after the second time i realized they're not using the studs in the wall because it would not have Mm -hmm. come down yes (laughs) this is i mean this is like nowhere near what we're going to talk about today but i (laughs) realized
1: it's a good topic too i mean really you're just enforcing how manly you are (laughs) you installed those studs and now the rack stays up
0: yeah yeah so they we had to use the studs and what i mean so Yes. It the it this is I guess like the kind of the beginnings of life together in a new place, all of those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um that was I mean there's nothing else pretty all that quirky. All in our bed in our um living room, we have a bike um that we hung it was it's a it's a it's it is a uh, it is decoration, but That's probably something interesting, I guess.
1: All right. I love it. I love it. Can't wait to see the place someday when it's safe to travel.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. When we have a vaccine or something.
1: Let's hope that soon. Yeah. Well, Phil, what is the topic today? Because it's not home improvement.
0: (laughs) Okay. So we have been really, like, hitting at this, touching on this topic um, and since episode um, one really um, and today we're really going to drive at it uh, servant leadership that is what mm. we want to talk about today um, and so we're gonna and we're gonna focus on this as it relates mainly to uh, choral co- culture Adam is gonna do that for us but before we get into um, applying this to the choral ensemble I want to kind of give us a definition I thought this was pretty interesting now wait a a, second Phil I
1: want to hear and before you tell us about Robert Greenleaf and all of that (laughs) I want to hear when you hear the words servant leadership what do you think what is your immediate impression
0: I have to say like um this may be another weird thought the the idea of servant is kind of especially right now in the times we're in mm. it's 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 very it's kind of touchy um for me and so i had I had to kind of as I was even thinking about this I had to kind of get over that um, yes. in order to um, in order to 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 really think about it but i I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that um the idea of Leading in in a, in a positive way, leading from behind, like you're trying to push people forward. Yes. What about you?
1: Well, oh, I think so many things because this is a loaded term for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of Matthew twenty sixteen, so the last shall be first and the first last. Uh, mm-hmm. I think of Jesus. Who was the ultimate servant leader mm-hmm. our our head the the bridegroom of us as the church, but yet a servant who took his service his servanthood to the absolute furthest expression of service and servanthood, and that is death on a cross. Yeah. Um, the juxtaposition of those two words that can seem like an oxymoron right it can seem mm-hmm. oxymoronic to talk about ser- a servant leader because mm-hmm. a servant is by definition at least in our mindset our culture is someone who follows right
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and a leader is someone who leads not someone who serves uh right. so that i think that um can i tell a story yes You'll give me permission?
0: I give you permission to tell all a story. Right. What well, if I didn't give you permission?
1: Then I would say, all right, <laughs> tell us <laughs> about Robert Greenleaf. Go
0: ahead. No. I will go ahead.
1: Um, so I did my undergraduate degree at Houghton College. And in the in the mission statement of Houghton College, it talks about graduating people, graduating students, who are scholar servants, Mm. and in fact, back in the early 2000s, the early aughts when I was a student there, uh, they prided themselves on the fact that if you Googled the phrase scholar servant, the first result that came up would be, oh, did you hear my Google? She heard me talking to her. Uh, And she... That's so interesting. Apparently, it is no longer Houghton College because she searched for it without me even saying it because I said Uh her name and I don't see it on there. Anyway, uh, (laughs) they prided themselves on being the first result on Google Mm -hmm. for that term. And um, then I remember going to florida state where i did my doctorate and the the i I went to a concert this must have been november or so when um when the of the top undergraduate choir at the school and i was just mesmerized they were stellar they were fantastic there was a wonderful concert wonderful ensemble and i really enjoyed it and i remember talking to the conductor of that group Maybe the next day or two days later, and saying to him because I had been brainwashed now, that sounds bad. I had been indoctrinated. Oh, that sounds bad too. I had been <laughs> uh I had been conditioned there, that's <laughs> that has less of a negative concomitant. Slightly I better had been conditioned to think of servanthood in this really positive sense. And did you just hear B? I did. I'm sorry, everyone. All right. Not only are you hearing my air conditioner today, but my poor bee, my dog, she is here also, like she always is, Um, but she's also wearing a cone right now Mm -hmm. because she has a scab on her cheek that we need to get healed. Um, And so she's making all kinds of noises against the plastic cone. Forgive me. Um, Okay. Back to my story. I had been conditioned to think of servanthood as a positive thing. And so I said to that conductor of the choir whose concert I went to, I just saw a real sense of servanthood in your conducting. And he looked at me like I had grown a third eyeball. And then uh, a week or two later, I underwent the doctoral diagnostic exams at the university i'll explain what those are another time i've already been too distracted today um but they were a very high stakes exam you passed them or you went home essentially and um in those exams that conductor said adam what did you mean when you told me that I had exhibited servanthood. And so that's when I talked about my somewhat ill-formed, but still uh, very powerful inside my heart, ideas about what it meant to be a a servant leader. Mm -hmm. And I remember another professor in that room then said, oh, Adam, only people who want to be world famous talk about this servant leadership stuff. And I was mortified because, uh-huh. um, you know, I just have no delusions of grandeur of that nature, Phil. Uh-huh. I, I, you know, maybe through this podcast now, I'm going to get world famous alongside you. Man, but,
0: me too. We, yeah. you know,
1: basically this podcast is my last chance because otherwise it ain't happening.
0: I, yeah, that's not true.
1: So I thought that was an interesting thing to say. But then I will say this. That same professor who talked to me about wanting to be world famous, by the time I graduated with my PhD, and we were talking about, we were actually having a discussion on what to list as my research interests. And I said, well, I think I am want to list servant leadership as it. And um, that's when she said, this same professor who had been very negative about it before at that meeting she said well adam that's just who you are Mm. so yeah you can put that into words but that's just who you are Uh and uh um i took that as a compliment and we're going to talk more now about what servant leadership is and why i think it's a great thing if someone says that you exhibit the characteristics of a servant yeah so phil what is servant leadership
0: so i think i mean one of the things that i did i wanted to before we define or talk about like define it the idea of um how we i think how we get there um Mm. martin luther is a great person um who who,
1: well i mean uh, he had his (laughs) negative (laughs) points as well
0: you you always catch me in the middle of my statements i mean like (laughs) he was a horrible
1: anti-semite
0: yes he had his bad he he wasn't the he wasn't the good i mean there are other people we could say who who may have not been socially well adjusted but um,
1: (laughs) is that how we're going to describe martin luther
0: (laughs) no but he he was not he was he was not a perfect person and i i'm not gonna make any excuses for him
1: none of us is yes but i i imagine what you were going to say is he's a good person on a particular topic
0: yes he's he's someone we can reference on this idea of servant leadership because one of the things that he really helped us um help christians to think about uh differently was vocation and how
1: Mm, yes
0: no, matter it, and so the, that if you didn't have to go to a monastery, um, or to a nunnery to become to have a, um, a holy profession. Yes, that's but right. In a serving, sacred calling. Yes, yes, you you er, that as the priesthood of believers, whatever it is that God called you to to do, um, that was holy, and that was the Lord's work. Yes. Um, and and so this idea of again, so like we we kind of like I I think faith like faith we talked about faith being important to us, so like as we are do, as we are freed in Christ now I am free, uh, really to serve my neighbor. And one of the things he said in, and the book on freedom uh, on freedom of a Christian is that mm-hmm. the Christian is, um, Lord of uh, or is servant to none um and then the christian and lord over all but then also the christian is servant to all and lord of none is basically turning Mm. the phrase on itself and like that's that's really what we're kind of getting at with this idea of servant leadership i'm i'm now free to love my neighbor the best that i can to 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 help and however way they need help yes. i am now free to help them the best i can and um someone who in, in our time in the 70s who kind of who is i guess we, we t- you mentioned his name greenleaf has kind of helped to give us the term serving leadership was robert greenleaf and mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I want to um to just to bring out um, you can go look him up but the idea of this idea of, of lead of, um, way we think about servant leadership or leadership is being on the spectrum and you can either, where is it? You can be a servant first or mm-hmm. a leader first. Yes. Like that's, that's the spectrum of leadership. And we, and uh, you can either be the person that wants to see, um, those around you grow as, and that you can ask questions like, um, uh, do those I serve, are they growing as persons will, will they benefit or at least not be further deprived by the things that I do? Or are you just mm-hmm. seeking power Yes. and how to use that power over people? And, and he says that we're kind of all, we can all be in this spectrum here. Uh, you can either be someone right. who's closer to someone who just wants to wield power over others and to dominate or you could be that person who wants to see others grow. Um, and yes. so that, yeah, I think that is a really good kind of framework as um, as we go into talking about the culture that you want to build in the core. Yes.
1: And and I mean, Phil, what you're talking about here, this the leadership style or the leadership model of servant leadership, I think, mm-hmm. so let's be... I mean, let's just put our cards on the table and say the reason that you and I are so drawn to this leadership model is because it is the leadership model that our Savior, Jesus Christ, used as his own. He was yes. the ultimate servant leader. Yes. That is not to say that there are not other highly effective leadership styles. There's. Right the you know there's situational leadership there's shared leadership there's laissez-faire leadership where you basically as the leader you let your team do its thing with almost no oversight uh there is autocratic leadership and in certain settings that can work really well at least for a time um and so these models and theories of leadership i mean We are not diminishing other forms and theories of leadership, but we are advocating for servant leadership as the most Christ-like version of leadership. Um, and, And, you know, it does not mean that you always just bow down and let people take advantage of you. Jesus was incredibly meek jesus did teach us to turn the other cheek but jesus also went into the temple and turned over the table of the money lenders so yeah. um you know this is i think there are a lot of misconceptions about what servant leadership is and so we as music educators and conductors here are going to talk about servant leadership in our context because I won't speak for Phil. I'll just speak for myself. It's the only context I know. I am not a leader outside of the choral rehearsal setting. That Mm -hmm. is my leadership is the Roberts Wesleyan College choral music program. That is where I am a leader. And I don't know about leading a country or leading a company or leading (laughs) a university or leading. I don't even know about leading a family. I mean, my dog is wearing a (laughs) cone right now.
0: so i think you're doing a great job well thank you phil (laughs)
1: um the other thing that i want to say is there's a need for conductors all teachers there's a need for all teachers to think of themselves as leaders i think there's a special need for conductors to think of themselves as leaders um We've talked in the past about thinking of ourselves as teachers. Obviously, choral conductors think of themselves as musicians. Uh, But we are also leading our students, our singers, um, into establishing a shared vision and a shared culture that will empower our best music making. So, I mean, and Phil already talked, that that's where we're going next. I just wanted to make sure that we drew that bridge really clearly. I didn't want want any of our listeners to feel like they had to make a leap from one side to the other. They could just walk right across that bridge of logic or bridge of gobbledygook (laughs) words, whichever you perceived it as. Yeah. All right. So, Phil, since we're going to talk about culture... Mm -hmm. What are the aspects of uh, choral culture and community that were most powerful in the ensembles you've been a part of during your life?
0: I I think the first one is um, a sense of uh, being welcomed, um, Mm. you know, and kind of helping to break that the... I break the ice in those in those sense where, you know, where now we can we can try to let not be nervous about um, expressing ourselves. Um, I think the second one is and especially in um, the choirs that I sung with with you was being uh, it being okay to make a mistake. We don't want to. We don't want to just stay. We don't want to just be ignorant of our mistakes but it is OK. And and, you mm-hmm. know, you would often say we make those mistakes boldly. Yes. Um, make those mistakes boldly. So
1: why? How does that contribute? I'm I'm curious, Phil. How does that permission to make mistakes contribute, first of all, to the learning process and second of all, to the culture of the group?
0: So, yeah, definitely first to the learning process, because. If you're not, if you're not, again, that that environment where you're free to make those choices, I, I don't know if you're getting what I'm what I'm giving to you. So it's it's kind of mm-hmm. a way of assessing the student hopefully can assess whether they are getting the information or not. And then um, uh, so that so that and so you're able to in real time make those choices and you're saying, OK, that was not it right and now right. i have a chance to do it again and then so yeah. then in the choral culture like um it it really is the first it, it is really is that first barrier um of expression because mm-hmm. if if you're yes. not if you're not able to get out of your head about making a mistake you're not going to be able to you're always going to be self-conscious of okay this 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 did this expression come out right or what you know so you that i think that's the first breaking down that first barrier to like what we want doing what we want to do which is express the music make music
1: yes i think for me uh on the first point about it's the the safety to make mistakes in the learning process first of all it forces all of us to take ownership yes. of those mistakes mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. there is there is nothing wrong with acknowledging that you've made a mistake i mean phil ha- how many times did you hear me in front of an ensemble call myself a dum dum?
0: <laughs> a couple a few yeah yes.
1: but and other words <laughs> and voila. other words yes, 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 yes. Yeah. and you know I've, the dum dum is just one of my of my <laughs> self descriptors um, but you know there is nothing for me as a singer, there is nothing that ticks me off as much as being in an ensemble where the conductor just made a mistake and then blames the singers for it. Oh, I yeah. hate that you know and it's like come on buddy like we were all in the same room you were just in we also don't blame you for making a mistake you are after all human
0: yes so
1: stop yelling at me about it It, that one that one time it wasn't my fault hallelujah it's a miracle um and the other thing the other thing in the learning process that uh that acknowledging mistakes does is that uh i just lost my train of thought i i was going to say something about making mistakes oh i remembered okay Okay. so (laughs) so uh, this this applies so much in singing um growing your voice is a risky business Yes, it is. It's fraught with all kinds of potentially embarrassing things that happen. You sing flat. You sing sharp. You sing too loud. You sing too soft. Your voice cracks. Your voice is unfocused. Your voice sounds like metal. your I mean, <laughs> we, we as voice teachers are constantly pushing the pendulum way past where we want it to go in order to reach center and actually accomplish the goal. Um, so the freedom to make ugly sounds is the only way to make our best sound eventually.
0: Yes. So yes.
1: I just wanted to put that out there as well. I'm- um, Oh, go ahead, Phil.
0: I just want to quickly add to that as a you know as someone who was studying like just singing the you again we talked about in the previous episodes about our body bodies being our instrument and right. when you're not free to make those mistakes or doing that exploration you're creating tension and and that's mm-hmm. one of the other things that we're that we try to get rid of as 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 part voice teacher in the choir, like we want to get rid of that fear that co- creates tension that does not allow you to use your instrument. Yes. Um, so. Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. I think also that when we are free to make mistakes, there there is a sense of acceptance with our peers, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like it's okay that you made a mistake that is not going to make me angry. That is not going to upset me. It's just going to make me encourage you to do better next time. Yeah. Um, I remember my first, my first year, my first few months at Roberts Wesleyan college. And that was a, such a challenge. Phil, do you remember that? Cause you, oh, I you came to Roberts with me. We've talked about that before. And, uh, people were afraid to make a mistake and i had to say you i will never ever yell at you for making a mistake i will yell at you if you don't make a sound <laughs> because they yes. were just so afraid to sing the wrong note that they sang no note yes. and uh oh we've got we've gotta banish fear from our rehearsals, we've got to sing fearlessly and boldly. And if we make our mistakes, we've got to make them so loud that that conductor can't help but stop and fix them.
0: And I I did that several times. <laughs> yes. That.
1: yes, you did. You were awesome at making mistakes.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> loudly, making them yes, loudly.
1: As you're supposed to. All right, so yeah. Phil, you talked about uh, in terms of the... the cultures of the choirs that have really meant a lot to you you've talked about the welcoming you've mm-hmm. talked about the freedom to make mistakes what other elements of the culture made them so powerful in your life
0: the i mean the i think getting to the expression was one um mm. was one when you're able to um in front of a mean whether it's in rehearsal because we i mean we've had i've had powerful moments in rehearsals and um especially you know when you're um in a concert that shared experience of expression i mean there's i don't think i don't think there's much like that i don't mm. even do there's nothing i don't help what other you know uh, i mean other than the other arts right other than maybe mm-hmm. in in um instrumental music or maybe in yeah. um theater and dance but there is nothing like um that expression that um mm-hmm. that you can have as a group
1: yes yes oh i love this stuff <laughs> now yeah phil how does servant leadership play into the elements of culture that meant so much to you
0: so yeah like um i think a, a leader who is interested in building people, as we've talked about, um, you know whether you know it or not, they they create this. There is a security that you have, mm, mm-hmm. um, and they they make you feel secure. Like, and I think that's another thing would make being being free to make mistakes. Right, yes, that yes. there is. I'm not gonna like you said. If I make a mistake, you're gonna know it. And as a as a that conductor. Um, there is a security in 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 in, gi- in giving your voice, lending your mm. voice to this conductor, because yes. whether we whatever happens, we're we're gonna we're going together. You know, that's right. We, <laughs> whatever happens, we're going together. And I think you know, like one of the, like a, what come, a memory that comes to mind is when we um, in singing from memory, which is a big fear. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I find i found that out as I've had the chance to conduct the choirs and try to encourage them to, to do that. Um, that's a big fear. But as a leader, you say, guys, um if we mess up, it's on me as the yes. conductor. You yes. I, mean, I got that from you. I got that from you. As mm-hmm. if if we mess, trust me. But but of course, as 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 when when what we're really going after, I want to take this this maybe security blanket from you of the music so that you can then really express yourself yes um and so you know like a good leader he said i'm gonna take the responsibility of a mistake so that we can achieve our goal of expression
1: right Mm, so true yeah uh phil i think we're gonna have to do a servant leadership part two episode (laughs) i think so too (laughs) Because there's so much, I will just say before we move into our final segments uh, for today's show, I will just say, um, on my website, which is adampottermusic.com, um, I'm going to create a podcast page. So you can go to adampottermusic.com/slash/podcast, and Phil will also uh, put a put a put that link in the show notes if you are listening on an app and. Um, I'm going to upload there a document that I've created on establishing our culture in the Roberts Wesleyan College Chorale and the document is called Establishing Our Chorale Culture Through Consistent Rehearsal Behaviors because we can talk ideas all Mm. day long but it's the behaviors that demonstrate those ideas that have the real power Um, and so On that document, I talk about creating a culture of commitment and rehearsal expectations, the consistent behaviors of audiation. I talk about mistakes and successes, individual accountability and acknowledgement. Talk about the role of student leadership within the group, the use of exaggeration, daily expectations, clear organizational principles. Um, so we have a whole list of things that we can talk about in a future episode, but uh, if you are in the choral music business and you're listening to this, uh, I would encourage you, just go to adampottermusic.com slash podcast, take a look at our the Establishing Our Chorale Culture document, and we would love to hear from you. We'd love to include your ideas In future episodes because we've all been a part of those of us who are in this choral music business we've all been a part of uh, ensembles who had such a profound impact on our lives because of the culture of those groups yes the music making was so important but the conductor demonstrated servant leadership, and the ensemble had a culture, a camaraderie, a, uh, you know, a sense of siblinghood in the group, a sense of family. Um, those are powerful, life-changing experiences, and we'd love to hear yours. So send us a note. Phil, how can they reach you?
0: They can reach me at P Woodard. Uh, six eight at com,
1: and you can reach me at potter underscore adam at roberts.edu our email addresses are in the description of this uh, podcast. podcast if you'd rather click and copy and paste then then type it out uh yeah. and now just for the sake of time even though we really have i feel robbed this topic of yeah. you know basically the next four hours we could have spent discussing it uh for the sake of time phil for current events corner what can you not let go of this week and a half before we release this episode
0: well i mean i'll tell you one really quick so wendy's birthday is on thursday
1: wendy's birthday is this thursday
0: it is this thursday wendy your wife my wife Wendy Not Wendy the
1: Hamburger maker?
0: No. Okay. <laughs> Not Wendy the hamburger. <laughs> yes, her birthday is Thursday and so I'm planning um uh you know what we'll do as a, a quarantine birthday celebration.
1: Oh good. Now, thankfully this episode will be released after her birthday, so it can still be a surprise.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: That's true. Yeah. That's very exciting. What about you? uh for my current event Mm -hmm. um i just want to encourage everyone and let's face it like the people who are listening to this are our friends (laughs) i don't know if anyone who's not our friend is cares to listen to this so our friends are probably in full agreement of this and this is not going to be a controversial thing but if there's someone out there who's not our friend who stumbled on we should have recorded that Um, forgive me if if I am uh, saying something offensive to you but I just want to say to people um, we are not past the coronavirus we're not The SARS-CoV-2 pandemic is still going on. And if you look at... We've we've been talking for months now about flattening the curve, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. every other developed nation on Earth has flattened the curve. And you look at our curve, and we still have multiple thousands of diagnoses every day. Yeah. I, too, do not like wearing a mask in Wegmans. (laughs) But I will be wearing a mask in Wegmans. Yes. Uh, Like, so just friends, like, can I encourage you to not put yourself in a crowded arena next to other people? Right next to them, breathing on them, them breathing on you, without a mask, <laughs> just because you can. There's a difference between, I can do this, and I should do this. And that's me, done with my sermon. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: no i think that's a good reminder i one one last thing one quick <laughs> a last good thing.
1: reminder <laughs> no it
0: it is it's a good reminder that you know but the one thing i remember especially i've experienced this you know in every choir that i've every year i've sung with you but i think the first year was it was very poignant just how um how different it was from the first time i met the people you know we were, it was an audition choir so the first time we all were in the room together mm-hmm. to the end of the year and you know you talk about you talked about how that we really developed community and caring for people and caring yes. the, for those people and you that you probably you wouldn't have cared for um outside of being with them for mm-hmm. that year and i remember even one of um I remember one of the other one of the female singers mentioning that um, just just the different the different way they thought about um, other members because they were spending so much time together and because of the culture that was Mm. created. So, yeah, it's uh, that it really when we're when we're thoughtful about that culture, it really does have an impact on how we interact with each other, even outside of the choir.
1: Yeah, ah, oh, that's so true. It is, and we've talked about this in the past. But choral music as a vehicle for character development—yes. Ah, oh, what a what a powerful vehicle it is.
0: Yes. So, Adam. Yes. What have you learned today?
1: I'm not sure if my—I'm not sure if what I'm going to say answers your question of what I've learned. It's more of an observation slash a a proud papa moment. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you don't know us, you might not know that Phil was uh, my student. And Mm. um, so, Phil, it just, my heart is so encouraged by your observations of the culture that we experienced together and the culture that we both worked to form together in the ensembles that we have been a part of. Um, and I'm just very proud of how thoughtfully you approach the, the concepts of servant leadership and how servant leadership can form a culture um, in any organization, but especially in a choir. Uh, I'm just really proud of you. So thanks, man for making me proud
0: well i mean yeah i i you're welcome
1: (laughs) yes and what did you learn phil what did you learn i
0: i want to say really before before i go on that really quickly i it really it just the things that i was that i was already kind of thinking about that that we it really you know joining the your choirs and uh having you as a teacher just it was a perfect fit it really was providential
1: well and that's the thing it was providential praise god because most all of the good things i've done in my life are entirely to (laughs) god's credit and all of the dumb things i've done in my life well those are mine
0: well yeah i mean i i think he gave you the good works to do. He gave you that vocation,
1: and I am grateful for good work to do.
0: And all right, uh, what did, what have I learned?
1: Yeah, what did you learn?
0: Um, I I think everything that you talked about were things that I um, knew. Maybe I I will like really quick. Like you talked about your um, teacher in uh, last episode, mm-hmm. and I think just um. Just those principles that you were sharing from that teacher was was very cool. Oh, you also talked about your um, your doc, your I thought that was pretty interesting too. Your mm. you the you what you want to do research on is servant leadership. I didn't I don't think you ever shared that. With
1: oh me. really? Yep. Well, so. that's the truth. It went from only people who want to be world famous talk about this stuff to that's just who you are. Hopefully, right. she meant. You know, not a craven individual seeking fame. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, wow. This time flies, Phil. I enjoy just... our, I was telling Phil for our audience now, I was telling Phil off the air last week when we recorded that it's not that I had any expectation I would not enjoy it. I just was completely ambivalent about what All it right. would be like to record a podcast since I had never done it before before. Um, yeah. And I shared with Phil, I actually am really enjoying it. Uh, and I hope that we are putting out into the world some thoughts that, that are useful to somebody. And if that's one person, awesome.
0: Yes, yes, I, I, agree. Yeah. I agree. All
1: right. Well, dear audience, we'd love to hear from you. Please do give us a shout. And I will say bye for now.
0: Adiós.